When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. Your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puck. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 38 of The Back Check. Brendan and Stefan here, as always. This might be the happiest I've seen Stefan in quite some time. Just a big smile on this kid's face because the Islanders have a date with the Bolts yet again in the conference finals or Stanley Cup semifinals, if you will, this season. Um, Stefan, one, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And is it like a weight off your shoulders now that they've done back-to-back series where they go down 2-1 and just find a way to come back and win in six? Well, as Josh Bailey said in the post game, we have some unfinished business to take care of. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely happy that they've made it this far. But you know what the end goal is. And you're playing the Lightning that you played again last year, who outplayed you last postseason and made it to the finals and won the whole thing. So it's a lot. But, I mean, my ears are killing me from last night. The word I would use to describe NASA Coliseum is deafening. There was times when I looked around and, you know, that silent noise, but when it's so loud, that's exactly what it sounded like. My head hurt. I'm not going to lie. My head hurt. Willing, so, like I loved it. It was fine. My head hurt. It was great. I didn't care, but it was so loud, and the fans were nuts. I was unfortunately, well, unfortunately for him, for me, it was great. I was sitting next to a Bruins fan last night. We were talking, and a nice Bruins fan. People were throwing towels at him. He kept getting roasted from some behind us. This is some of these things that this guy was saying. A couple of things. He was wearing a Lucic jersey, by the way. It was a knockoff from China. The guy was calling him out for his fake jersey. He said. David Ortiz used steroids. Irving left you. I mean, it was just – there was a point where I said to my girlfriend, Alyssa, I said, I'm going to get this guy on my show. He was, he, he was just sitting in the last row at the Coliseum looking down at this Bruins fan and just roasting him over and over again with just things that didn't make any sense to the sport of hockey. But, like, yeah. Ortiz, <laughs> Irving, love it. it was so – it was so funny. But, no, the atmosphere was – insane and the islanders definitely fed off that i mean you saw brock nelson come out for three stars of the game and do like the let's go chant like with his hands to get the crowd going you saw bars all a couple days ago say our house they played our house after they won the whole thing i was just it was just great and the new york saints thing lives on bruce cassie is an absolute moron for saying what he said because i know what he was trying to do he's trying to rile up his team and you want to respect that 
but he created a monster. And as Eminem said, nobody wants that. <laughs> I I love that the Islanders kind of took that and ran with it, like the fan base. mascot. So the New York Saints used to be a lacrosse team. Yeah, and they were, legit that mascot was outside. Like he was walking around. See, and apparently, that wasn't even hired by the team. Some guy actually had the suit and just put it on. That's comedy. Like, yeah. I, so when this initially happened, right? Yeah. I had complete flashbacks to when the Rangers were playing the Caps. Yeah. And it was like a back to back. I don't remember if it was the playoffs. It might have been. And they asked, I think it was Bruce Boudreau was their coach at the time. And he yeah. said, that he was asked about the Rangers fans. And he's like, oh, we're not worried about going to MSG. It's quiet in there. And. You can't say that. So the next game, the Rangers are up like 4 nothing, and everyone started chanting, can you hear us? I remember that. As loud as they possibly could. And it just it was that same type of vibe where the opposing coach going into the opposing bar is going to make some comment, and the fans are going to eat that up. So I'm happy that they ran with that. I was cracking up on social media. As 6 9 said, dum 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 <laughs> I mean, Bruce Woodrow is an idiot for saying that. I mean, again, we already know what the coaches are trying to do. They're trying to rile up their team. But it has drastic effects. Now, what I will say is Cassie had a big smile on his face when the first two penalties went against the Islanders for trippings. And, of course, I'm not seeing the replay on TV. The first one, sure. The second one on Taylor Hall, which Zizekas got the penalty for. The Islanders had to kill off a five on three. They killed the first one, couldn't kill the second. Probably a trip. But I saw Taylor Hall make a diving motion as if he was going off the high dive at the Olympics because he went flying and I'm sorry, I get sticks can make you go flying, but you're Taylor Hall. You're a very strong man. It looked like embellishment wasn't called, but the Bruins get three power play opportunities, Brendan. They score on two of them. They still lose the hockey game. So yeah. the Islanders were the better team, at least oh, statistical yes, standpoint, because no, I no, watch no. A single you, so, of it. so you watched the game yesterday. The Islanders, that was probably the Islanders best game of the postseason where they legit had four lines rolling for all three periods. And in the final what was it? I think it was the final, final like minute and a half was just the Islanders cycling the zone, yeah, cycling, and the crowd was going absolutely nuts because there was just it was pure dominant. The Bruins could not touch the puck, and it was pretty much the Islanders saying to the Bruins, "F you." The Islanders did not allow a shot. I don't think in the like the there was like a thirteen minute stretch of not allowing a shot. I want to make sure I get this right. Hold on, that's kind of nuts. After the goal, then the Islanders led four two. The next 13 minutes, the Bruins did not get a single shot and goal until the final 82 seconds of the game. So zero shots for nearly 13 minutes. It was just sheer Islanders defense domination because, first off, Pellick, I know someone tweeted out yesterday and clearly wrong that he's the best player in the NHL. That's a, that's a bit of an exaggeration. No. But if there's one team where a player means more to an organization than another, you look at the Islanders have guys like Anders Lee was a big loss. Obviously, Adam Pellick is the best defenseman on the Islanders. And he's up there as one of the better defensemen in the league. And he won't get the credit, obviously. And I don't. I think he's fine with that. I think most Islander, Islanders, player-wise, are fine being that underdog going underneath. But the way Adam Pellick plays defense, he is legit shut down. And he needs to get more... He needs more... Um, what's it called? Recognition. Recognition for it. Because you, you watch... Him. I don't want to say like he's... Every time he tries to get by him, you'll get stopped. But, I mean... When you try to cut to the inside on him, he will take that puck off your stick and bounce it off the boards to himself, make some moves. Yesterday, he was on. He entered the hands team with some filthy moves in his own zone. And just for a guy like that, I mean, you saw the Islanders lost him last year during the regular season. Fortunately, he was able to come back for the playoffs because of the hiatus. But 
you saw how much worse the Islanders got when he wasn't like, offensively and defensively. Defensively, they allowed more goals, but offensively, their numbers were down when he was out of the lineup. And he came back, and you saw what he did in the postseason last year. But this postseason, backed by Pelican Pulak playing great, Scott Mayfield has taken a step this postseason after struggling not statistically, even though st- stats are better, but making key mistakes during the regular season. He stepped up. Letty had his best performance of the postseason yesterday with the plays he made. Dobson looked great. Green looked great. And the offense came alive. I mean, it's going to be you, – you, your tweet, Brendan, was perfect. Both these teams, the Lightning, who they'll play next, and the Islanders are frustrating teams to play against. So this should be one heck of a series. It's going to be. I would not be surprised if, like, the shots in the first game were 24-23, like some low number where it's just going to be a lot of neutral zone defensive play. And, and you're completely right about Adam Pellick. As somebody that played defense, watching him defend is – it's really special. I think that him and Slavin might be battling it out for the top defensive defenseman in the league. And he's not going to get the recognition just because he doesn't produce offensively like the big names. Like everyone that produces offensively gets recognized. The defensive defensemen are needed, but they don't have that same level of recognition amongst fans. But I've been to the Islanders game in the first round. I know that the Islanders fans recognize what he does, and that's probably enough for him. But mention Slavin real quick. Yeah. I was watching that game when Tampa eliminated them. Did you, did you hear what they said about Slavin, that he's a Lady Bing finalist? He has two penalty minutes in 50 games this whole season or something like that. He's played 22 minutes a game, and his only minor penalty was a delay of game over the glass. You know how hard that is to do? Like no holding in front, no cross-checking, no tripping. As a defenseman that's playing top-flight minutes, that's he, amazing. It's That's actually crazy because – I, I'd be okay with a defenseman taking penalties to not allow goals. But the thing is that Slavin's so good that he puts himself in such a good positioning and he's so good with his stick and smart that he shuts down opposing forwards without infracting. Is infracting a world? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We're going to make it a word, though. Infracting in front or anything like that. I mean, that's just intelligent hockey right there. And that's something where if he has to go to arbitration ever or for next contract, say, listen. Give me all the money you have. I don't take penalties. I don't put our team in a bad spot ever. So, I mean, besides the delay game penalty he took probably wasn't, you know, but that's one play that's not going against anybody. Slavin's one of those guys. Staying on Carolina, though, they got decisions to make this this offseason because Dougie Hamilton's a free agent, and this guy loves to travel around the world, it looks like, because he goes from team to team. He does bounce. He does. And as much as good as he's been for Carolina, they got to they gotta put money somewhere else probably as well. I don't know if he stays. And you talk about Brindamore, and we'll get to that a little bit later about coaching with the Rangers, but does he stay? It seems like he will. There were signs that said he already been signed, and then there was people saying that didn't happen. But let's continue with the Islanders for a little bit because for a team that does not have the offense, quote-unquote, to compete in the Stanley Cup Finals, for the second straight season, their offense has come alive. They have 3.58 goals per game this postseason. They had three last year, and that was a step up. 3.58 goals per game. That's first in the NHL. Excuse me, that's not first. That's fourth in the NHL this postseason, but they have 43 goals in 12 games. That is first. And you're seeing guys like Kyle Palmieri, who had four points in 17 games, two goals and two assists, before the season came to an end. Everyone was... Oh my God, what an awful trade. Taylor should have gotten Taylor Hall. He's lighting it up. Yeah, um, he's killing it right now in the postseason. He has seven goals and two assists he's in 12 games. Do you know how many points Taylor, ha- Taylor Hall has? You could say had now. It's past tense. Yeah, it's true. I don't know what the number is, but it's not that. I can tell you that for. I think, yeah, no, Taylor Hall has I'm two. You're points. thinking you're going to give me some stat yeah, off the top Taylor, of your head. Taylor, <laughs> not Taylor, that, man. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Hall had two points in the series, though. 
Taylor Hall looked terrible. One goal. One goal. You know what that goal was? Empty net. An empty net goal. Yeah. That see that makes and sense. Travis Zajac. I mean, I'm writing an article after that we're done with the show about it because it just has to be talked about. Zajac came to this team waving his monitor or whatever no trade clause to come over to the Islanders, knowing that his playing time would be limited. Knowing that he was just a veteran on a team, be a depth player, probably wasn't going to play in that playoffs, but he wanted to be part of it. And obviously he came to the Islanders and Wallstrom goes down in round one. It's like, okay, that's a tough loss. Zajac slots and he has been so good at what he does. And yesterday scoring the goal, the reaction, the emotions of his celebrations, you just you feel for the guy because he never thought he'd get a chance to play in the postseason. I mean, yes, injuries do happen, but Wallstrom's a young guy, a young kid. He could take hits. He's been out for a while. Zajac has stepped in and won faceoffs. He's pleased to def- And I know in the Pittsburgh series, he saved the goal. He yep. saved the goal on the goal line. I mean, he's making those plays. And to score yesterday, truly a, an amazing experience to see in person. I guarantee it wasn't watching on TV, but that was one of those guys that – how do you not root for him? You know, he said in the media a couple of days ago, or um, two days ago, that if you were over 25 on the Devils, you didn't belong anymore. He said, joining the Islanders, I fit in here. And he's just an leader, a guy like that, and he, he finds ways to get the job done. And yesterday he scored a key goal. It's just awesome to see guys like that. Palmieri and Zajac, two off-season acquisitions coming through. It seems like Lamarillo knows what he's doing, Islander fans. I'm pretty sure he knows what he's doing. So no one got your giveaway right? Nobody um, got my giveaway right. How crazy is that? How many people said 27 and it was 28? So what I'm doing at 12 o'clock, which this show is going to come out a little later than that. But, um, yeah, I think I forgot what I set up to do. I, oh, we're going to do a trivia question. It's going to be a race, though. It's going to be who is my favorite player growing up. So Should I give away the answer right yeah, now? I mean, you Live could. on the back check. What I was going to do first is what was my hockey number? What, what, what number do I play with? But then I realized that I have posted a picture with you, Brendan, yeah. on social media. And if people were smart, which I don't know how many people are smart, but people were smart, they'd be able to find that. The question of who my favorite player was growing up, you have to go deep back in my Twitter feed. But if you were paying attention to my feed, you'd know it because I've talked about it a couple of times. But yeah, and if people played with me and my number, they can easily give it away just to guess. And I'd, that'd be annoying. So it's going to be a race against time. I can't believe nobody got it, but. That's why I make that the question because it's a lot of people have a chance to get it wrong. And that means a lot more people get to do it, more followers for us, Brendan. So, yeah, you know, a little strategic that, there. That, that's kind of crazy that no one got that right because you, you think like hits range between a specific number. So that's kind of huh? – hey. Well, the thing is, though, it was a low number for the Islanders and hits-wise because they had puck possession. And that's exactly what happened. You know, people are guessing 71 hits, 60 hits. Yeah, it's because like, they're used to them playing in Pittsburgh. We talked about that before. No, Pittsburgh I'm saying it. Yes, but if that was the case, they had that many hits, that means the Bruins had the puck. And while that may, you know, that's not a stupid idea going into it because the Bruins have absolutely dominated, the Islanders had their best game of hockey this postseason in that game. And yeah, no one got it right, but hopefully someone gets the question right who my favorite player was growing up. Still respect oh, the guy. I'll take a shirt. Yeah, you'll take the shirt. You'll give me your shirt, Brennan, so I can give that away. But after the game, though, because again, I'm a smart, I'm a smart kid. I'm walking up and down the aisles finding rally towels. People left, and I took them. I picked yeah. up one that was soaked in beer, put it back down, and as I'm walking out, I see a kid go for it. I'm like, dude, it's soaked. He picks it up and goes, oh, you're right, and threw it back down. Yeah. Um, but people leave their stuff because their emotions are, are high, but just an incredible – And the alcohol is flowing. I think yeah. they're missing a key component there. <laughs> $32 for two beers yesterday. That's absurd. That's more than MSG. Parking was 25 Brennan. 
The beer was 32. The parking was 25. The ticket, I don't want to get into that. But I am on the verge of buying tickets for every single game that they play at home against the Lightning. And I'm taking my savings and saying, here, Islanders, take my savings, take my dog, take my house, because I'm going to these games. I don't know when it's going to happen again. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about with the Islanders, too, is, you know, before we get to talking about the Tampa series, is Brock Nelson, by the way, wife gave birth at like 12.38 a.m. before Game 4. He played Game 4 on no sleep. He scores two goals last night. We didn't find that out till the post-game yesterday. But this guy, Brock Nelson, I mean, he just finds the way to get a job. He has the most series-clinching goals. I don't know what stat Angel had, but he has nine of those. It was He had the lead by a couple of games. Uh, Bavilla was up there, I think, with seven or eight. But series-clinching goals since X year, whatever it was. And Brock Nelson... I, I hate goals. stats. No, I know. It makes no sense. They find like the little stats that don't matter. You know, in baseball is the worst with that. He has the most home runs hit on Sundays after the following yeah. Monday was the eighth day of the month. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's crazy. But the fact that, that what that stat shows is that Nelson comes through in big moments. That, that's really all it is. And Josh Bailey is doing great. I mean, he's almost a point per game player. Pajot is almost a point per game. I think he is a point per game player pace right now. It's just crazy. But the Lightning, Brennan, are going to be a different animal than the Penguins, a different animal than the Bruins, and it's going to be the hardest team the Islanders have to face probably this whole postseason if they are to pass them even in the finals the Lightning would probably be the hardest team to face yeah I think if you have a power rankings, if you have a power rankings right now of the four remaining teams even though we don't know the fourth yet um it's probably Tampa the winner of Colorado Vegas Islanders and Canadians but you can't count the Islanders out either it's crazy like it, it's tough, but I just look at like what Vegas is doing to Colorado defensively right now. It speaks volumes. It speaks volumes to how good they are. And even if the Islanders do get past them, I, I don't see any way the Montreal Canadiens beat Vegas. And right. in which case, no one, thought, team. no one thought anything would happen. They didn't think they were going to sweep the Jets. It's Listen, defense and timely goals. I was just going to say that. You, you look at how many – like the Rangers are building offense, offense, offense. And, yes, they're building their defense too. But you look at the teams that are left in the postseason. Montreal shut down two teams who are the best offensive teams in the north. Tampa Bay can score, but you're not scoring on them, right? Carolina was a great offensive team. They couldn't find the back of the net. The Islanders are shutting down teams. And then you got Vegas who got shelled 7-1, and Colorado hasn't sniffed the goal since then. So defense wins championships, regardless of how much talent you have. It'll always be the case. Defense wins championships. And the defensive teams that we talked about, right before the season started, we're going through our our preseason rankings and all that. We looked at the East Division. We said, okay, every team in this division is offensive-based, except the Islanders. Yep. That gives them the best chance to come out of this division. And we are sitting here on June 10th, and the Islanders are the team that comes out of the East Division. But it's not because of their – I mean, their defense, yes – but their offense came alive. While their defense, you know, the defense wasn't perfect. They gave up goals. They they were, I think, two point six or two point seven goals allowed per game. But their offense came alive, and it's just a two two units. The offense and the defense came together to just be stellar the whole season long. But again, we saw yesterday the game they had to win. Their defense played the best. Their defense had played all series long, and against the Penguins in their elimination in Game Six, their defense played the best. The defense had to play. All series long. So when it matters, the Islanders' defense knows how to lock down, and that's kudos to to Barry Trotz and Lula Merrill, first off, for getting players in here like Pajo, who's very good defensively, like Zajac, getting him in the building. Players like that join an already strong defensive team. Again, this defense has been healthy. You had the healthy defense this year. Again, Pellick wasn't healthy last year. He wasn't completely healthy in the playoffs, but he played. He lost Boychuk last year, too. 
The defense this year, I think, is stronger because they've been healthy all year long. They're going to stay together. And against the Lightning team, it's going to be – it's all about making the most of your chances. The Islanders lead the postseason 5-on-5, five five, I think, uh, over 61% of coming through on their scoring chances. They don't get the scoring majority of scoring chances in the game. When they do, they score. Against the Lightning, those chances are going to be very limited, and you're going against a very good goaltender. That, when you have an opportunity true. to score – you have to find a way to get it done. Whether that be a power play, a breakaway, an Ironman rush, those chances are going to be at such a minimum against the Lightning. And the Lightning are going to score their goals. Don't get me wrong. Now, the Lightning are going to score against the Islanders. They're not going to be able to stop them. But it's about containing them, making the most of their chances. Because the Boston Bruins beat themselves this series. They had chances to put the Islanders away. Even yesterday, game before that, they had a chance to make that a 6-1 game in the first, a 6-1 lead in the first period, and they ended up leaving that first period 1-1, and the Islanders, that's when the Bruins lost. But this whole series, the Bruins had chances, like wide open chances, and they couldn't come through. Against the Lightning, the Islanders are going to have to clean it up because the Lightning will not miss those chances. No, and I think that what people underestimate about the Lightning is their defensive ability. So those chances that the Islanders have been capitalizing against uh, on, I should say, against these other teams – not necessarily going to convert at the same rate against the Lightning no, just because of who's in goal. So it, it's why they're so hard to beat, right? You don't get to the cup final, win the cup final, and then all of a sudden you're, have, you're four wins away from that again. Um, and Pat Maroon, if they win the cup, that would be his third straight Stanley Cup because he won with the Blues, won last year with the Lightning. And and that's a guy that does not t- doesn't give a crowd about money at no. all. He just wants so to win hockey. If I'm the Rangers, I trade for Pat Maroon right now. But separate issue. Right now, like before he plays in this cup. Before he plays. <laughs> I, I think that that's kind of crazy that if he wins three straight cups, and yeah. then that would just piss me off because Lundqvist has zero. But I mean, look at the goals the Islanders scored. A bunch of them were rebound or break out. Uh, you know, breakdowns in front by the Bruins where they just tap them in. You look at Vasilevsky. First of his rebound control is stellar. So those chances you're going to get in front are not going to be there. It's a guarantee that they're not going to be. But last year, the Islanders did find ways to score in Vasilevsky. And there were some, you know, in the, even in the Stanley Cup Finals, some goals that Dallas scored, you're like, Vasilevsky let that in? That doesn't happen. I think that changes a little bit with people actually being in the arena now. Like the intensity level is higher. For uh, yeah, and I have no faith that Vasilevsky is going to be dominant. Again, first off, you have to stay out of the box. You cannot take a penalty against the Lightning because – Kucherov or Point will get on the score sheet, either or, doesn't matter how, when, where, whatever. They get it done, and that's already a great 5-on-5 offensive-based team. So if you give them power plays, you are taking a shotgun to your skate every yep. single time. And great, Donner's PK could be great all they want. They're going to get worked, they're going to get tired quick, and that's going to impact the 5-on-5 play because your defense is going to be tired. Those players that kill pennies are going to be tired. And also, your top players that are on the ring for PKing, are not going to get ice time to make a difference. Like Barzal had a great series against the Bruins. But when they're on the penalty kill, he's not out on the rink. And for a guy that's red hot, you want him on the rink as much as possible. So the fact that if they have to kill a lot of penalties this series, that will be demise and it impacts the entire lineup. It definitely will. It It's a different series than what we've seen the first two times for the Islanders, right? Those are division rivals. You know what to expect from those two teams, especially after playing each of them a ridiculous amount of times this season. So... Now you play a, a Tampa Bay team that you know what they have from last year, but you haven't seen them all season. Like right, this is where the playoffs get interesting because now it's cross you know division. You're going to be. I, I'm one, not counting the Islanders out. I know better than that. Yeah. But I will say it's a lot harder than people oh. think. And and 
I, I, our buddy NHL Rumors Daily had some guy say, if the Islanders get past the Bruins, are they a shoe in for the – What? There's no thing as a shoe in. It's the NHL. It, come on. You don't realize what's waiting for you? Oh, God. 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 That's a, that's a tank. They're all tanks. It, it, like, the Islanders could have lost against the Penguins in round one. The Islanders could have missed the playoffs this year. The, the teams in this division, besides the Devils and the Sabres, any of those teams, I credit their, if the Rangers were healthy and everything, you know, there's no Russian scandal, the Islanders might have swapped places with the Rangers and the Rangers would be doing what they're doing, the Islanders would be playing golf. Like, this is how tight the division is. There's no shoe-in. Go, tell that guy to go watch basketball. Then you can talk about shoe-ins. <laughs> I, I can't wait for an 82-game season. Because then, like... Oh, we haven't had one of those always, in a years, right? I know. And you will for always now have, like, these hypothetical situations like you just mentioned. Like, last season, it was what if. This season, if if there was 82 games, would the Rangers have passed down and blah, blah, blah. And that's great, but it didn't happen because we only yeah, yeah. had 56 games. So you can't talk like that. But next season, you're actually going to have 82, and we're going to see what happens over the course of the season. And I'm in the process of writing something where it's, it's playoff or bust now for the Rangers. It's done. If they don't make the playoffs next season, that's an embarrassment. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So, yes, this is a tough series for the Islanders. It's going to be a tough series for Tampa, too. Anyone that thinks they're going to walk through it is misled. But that's a that's a different animal. That we- I'll say it now. You know, obviously winning in the playoffs on the road is so big. And the Islanders have done that. They've found a way to win on the road. And I'm not saying they can't dominate the Lightning. It's just very – Probably not going to happen. They're going to have to steal some games. But if they can get out of Tampa with a split, I'm not saying they can't go out to nothing and go back to the Coliseum. That'd be obviously unreal. But you have to be realistic here. Lightning are a very good team, very good, and they're very good at home and with their crowd around them. If Anders could find a way to split and not go back to nothing, obviously the chances are high. But it's going to come down to the Islanders playing Islanders hockey. Once the puck drops, if the Lightning are able to establish their game, there is no, there's very little chance of winning a hockey game if that way because, but Tampa, Tampa's a fast team, right? They're a skill based team. They'll draw penalties, but at the same time, they'll get their power plays and they'll probably score on a couple, but they just wear you down with. We saw last year. It's not even the, the forwards. It's a defense jumping into the play every rush, and now it's a five on five offensive players attacking because every defenseman the Lightning have for the most part can finesse and shoot the puck and make plays in the offensive zone. There's no. Very, there's not very, there's very little defensive defenseman. Savard is probably the one yeah. that sticks out as the only real defensive defenseman. Even even McDonough finds a way to go on offense, even though he's very good defensively as well. Hedman, Sergachev. Is Sergachev banged up? I think he's a little hurt. But Everyone's banged up, but at the same time, they, they're resting right now because I yeah, don't know when this next round is going to start, so they're fine. I'm working Saturday, Brendan, all day and Sunday all day. If they play on those games, I might get fired. I might just not go. <laughs> I, I really don't want to miss it. I just can't. Well, if the series ends tonight, they probably will start. Because Game 7, if necessary, is With scheduled for Saturday. Saturday. Oh, for this series. Islanders yeah. would have been Friday. So that would have been Saturday. But they would not start. I don't think they would start Sunday, though, right away. They'd probably start Monday, no? I would think they're going to start this weekend. Oh, no. All right, well, fine. Fine. I work but Sunday. You got, you got two teams left, so they're going to be – you get two series left. They're all primetime games. So I work Sunday. From about one o'clock till one in the morning at a party. That's Sunday. Saturday, I'm working during the day. If it's a night game, could do it. Could definitely do it. But oh boy, you're that gonna be cutting that close, my man. I should. I'm gonna write a letter right now, dear Gary Bettman. <laughs> Monday, period. 
Please Steph schedule Curry. around my schedule. Yeah, I mean, but the Islanders are five and zero in I ten games this season, four and zero in the playoffs. Uh, Ryan Pulak has five goals in total this year, including regular season and postseason. He has scored every. He scored four times when I've been like most of his goals have come when I'm in the building. One of them has not. That means they're just due for a loss now. I keep saying that, but I keep going and they keep winning. Last night I was like, oh, if they lose this game, you know, there goes my streak, and they won. So I'm probably hurting myself by going to all the <laughs> lightning because I mean, there's a likelihood. But hey, if I am the the key to this, don't worry, Islander fans, I got yeah, you. More power to you. Yeah. So, all right. Can we talk about the greatest defenseman in the National Hockey League right now? Yeah, we already talked about Adam Pellick, but we can talk about the second greatest and Adam Fox, who is no, the North. best defenseman in the National Hockey League is Adam Fox, undoubtedly. Like, not even close. There's like Adam Fox and like 50 layers, of, you know, and then Hedman. Yeah, no, not even close. But listen, let's, let's talk. Anyone about that says that Victor Hedman should win the Norris Trophy this season did not watch hockey, okay? It's just. Oh, they watched hockey. They didn't watch Ranger hockey. No, because fuck, uh, Hedman didn't even have that good of a season. Uh, he didn't. Look, I'm I'm gonna pull it up right now because I'm um, I'm so fed up with this narrative that Hedman had a good season this year. Okay. So I'll fed the, up. I'll play the Jeopardy music. I'm pulling it up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. God, this guy tweets so much. Which guy is it? Jay Fresh Hockey, the one that does all the scorecards, the analytics. Yeah, yeah. Very good at what he does. And I'm trying to find it right now. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, so Adam Fox, right? 99% war. This is out of 100. He okay. was 95% on defense, 96% offense, 97% on the power play, right? All great numbers. Phenomenal. Kale McCarr, 98% war. He was 59% defensively, 95% at offense, 100% on the power play. Didn't even kill penalties, by the way. Then you have Victor Hedman. His war was 48%. He was 25% success at defense and 48% at offense. Okay? That's not even freaking close to what Adam Fox was. And Adam Fox was on the worst team out of, the, out of those three. And I wrote an article, and I told you already about this before the show. He started 48% of his uh, shifts started in the offensive zone. McCarr was at 68, and Hedman was at like 59. Okay? Uh, these guys were getting chances offensively at a higher clip than Fox was, and Fox outscored all of them. Fox is the Norris Trophy winner. You should run for president, brother. And that was – honestly, I'm crying. That was beautiful. You Honestly, you had your – no, you didn't have your stats ready, but you had them close by. You just nailed everything, and there's no way to argue that. There's no way to argue what you just said. And what are you going to tell me, that they didn't make the playoffs? Okay, they didn't make the playoffs. It was also a shortened season, and you think that if Kel McCarr was out the whole season that the Avalanche would have missed the playoffs? No. So is he really that much of a difference maker? You think if Victor Hedman was out the whole season with those stats I just read to you, Tampa would have missed the playoffs? Probably not. So who's more important to their team? The only reason the Rangers were even close to the playoffs was because of Adam Fox. You're talking about a dude that went on, what, a 15-game point streak as a defenseman? Get out of here, man. He's he's the Norris Trophy winner. He was the best defenseman in the National Hockey League this season on both sides of the puck. He did not give up anything defensively. The only reason he was out there for so many goals against is because he played half the freaking game because the Rangers had nobody else on the defensive side. All right, so go back to those stats. Which of those four, which of the defensemen had more points? Well, but Fox had the most points. 
All right, so there you go. That's set in stone. That's how because no, we know how this works. The Fox most- was he was second in the National Hockey League in defensemen and points. He had forty-seven. Yeah. Barry had forty-eight, but Barry played all fifty-six. Fox missed one game. Yeah, so you just pretty much checked off best defensive defenseman in the NHL this season, best offensive defenseman, most points by a defenseman. And if we know how the Norris Trophy works, where they always focus on offense, you just checked off three categories. And if my calculations are correct, carry the one Adam Fox is your Norris Trophy winner, and there shouldn't be a debate. Listen, I know that I'm already going to get people that say, oh, well, you hit a lot of points against the Flyers. Okay, cool. You play the Flyers in your schedule, don't you? You're supposed to have points against them. So scratch that argument. Also, every team in this in division, division played the Flyers. Played this, no, no, no. Yes. Every other division, though, those players, McCarr, Hedman, those players played teams that weren't great either. There's teams in the division. Every team had one bad team that they yeah. probably dominated against. Exactly, especially this season. Okay, he stayed healthy. He only missed one game. He was eating minutes. Eating it. He played over 24 minutes a game. McCarr didn't come near that. And Hedman, I think, had a little bit more, but just like a little bit, like seconds difference. Oh, you're talking about a dude, and I know, listen, I know I'm not saying he's the best defenseman in the game right now. I'm not saying he's better than Hedman. You know, he's got to prove himself. But this season, the 2021 Norris Trophy, Adam Fox, statistically, what he did on the ice and what he had around him in comparison to the other two finalists. How is he not the Norris Trophy? How is he not the best defenseman in the league? It just, to me, I don't think he's going to win it because I think that they see Victor Hedman and they drool. And after those numbers that I just showed, how? All right, so I'm CCing you on the Gary Bettman email, and we will add in that the scheduling for the Islanders can't be on Saturday or Sunday, and that we have to add in the statistics. Where'd you get the stats from? What's the guy's name? I'll add him. Jay Fresh Hockey. I'm going to put his ad here because, you know, what? he's really, it's at Jay Fresh Hockey on okay. Twitter and his scorecards and all that stuff. Great follow. If you like analytics and you're into that stuff and I'm not like, I love analytics. I also love the eye test. Fox had both. Oh, I watch the first uh, Ranger games that I watched. I remember texting you like this guy, Fox is unreal. He's unbelievable. We talk about this new age of defensemen in the NHL, young guys, McCarr, Hughes, Fox. They're not even their vision. Their ability to get the puck where they want it to go, when it seems like that pass is not even an option, is absurd and way beyond their years. Like Fox is making passes that a 20-year vet is making with his eyes closed. And Fox is making them, what, a couple of years into the league? Was it his second or third year? It's his second year. And listen, you talk about sophomore slump didn't have that, right? Neither did McCarr. That's how you know they're both very talented. The reason McCarr is getting all the recognition that Fox should be is because he's flashier. Fox is like Panera, and they do everything slow, methodical, and it works equally as effective. And when you're getting texts from Brian Leach midseason saying, you got to keep doing what you're doing right now because it's really great, I mean, I think that speaks volumes to what he's doing right now as a second-year Rangers defenseman who's already the number one defenseman. He just skyrocketed to that role. They signed True, but of this ridiculous contract, thinking he would be the number one defenseman. Meanwhile, there's this 23-year-old kid coming up that's pretty damn good at what he does. So that's my spiel. He's the Norris Trophy winner. I don't care if he wins it or not. He's the Norris Trophy winner this season. Stefan running down his notes. We cut this clip for social media. Um, yeah, so, Brennan, that was great work. And, I mean, you can't. I don't know how you – like you said, that they drool. You heard, I obviously didn't listen to the broadcast of the series because I was at most of the home games. But apparently the NBC broadcast and PA was drooling about the Bruins. And every time the Islanders win, and before we get to, you know, Vegas tonight, and we'll talk about Vegas, Colorado – 
every time the Islanders win a game, it's more about what the other team did wrong rather than giving the Islanders credit. And it, it is annoying because, again, these players don't care. They don't listen to this crap, and they don't have to. And Trotz knows how good his team is. The players know how good they are, and they deserve to win. You don't win in the hockey the hockey in the playoffs. You don't win the hockey. You don't win playoff hockey games. Breathe, man. You don't win hockey playoff games because the other team just failed. Yes, the Bruins miss a ton of chances, but guess what? Islanders still have to score goals. The Islanders still have to make plays. The Islanders still have to shut down defensively and do what they did. So, yeah, credit the Bruins for effing up this series and the Penguins for missing chances and Charlie's glove hand going MIA, which has still not been found, by the way. Lost and found in NASA Coliseum. Which so my, I, lost my, I lost my Apple Watch at the game a couple of days ago, and they didn't find it. So, like I said. Did you really? I did. I don't want to talk about it. My dad doesn't oh. know. Anyway, so give the Islander, you have to start giving the Islanders credit. You have to. I'm sorry. Now's the time. You don't want to give them credit to win the whole cup? Fine. I'm not asking for that. Respect what the Islanders do. Yes, it may be a boring style of hockey, but guess what? It results in wins. It leads to wins. And in the playoffs, it doesn't matter how you win the hockey game. It's the fact that you do. And the Islanders are doing just that. So put respect on their damn name. The New York Saints, man. The New York Saints. Uh, I will put respect on the Islanders' name. They're very good. Very good. But... I'm not getting off of this Apple Watch thing yet because how do you lose something that's on your wrist? No, no, no. Let me explain. Oh, God, if my dad finds out about this. Anyway, you go through security, right? The atmosphere is insane. You go through security. and Security guards are getting you riled up, buddy. I took the watch off and I put it in my pocket after security because I'm trying to get to my seat. And um, this the story goes from bad to sad real quick. So you spent two hundred bucks on tickets and walked away with an Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in my seat. I'm not thinking about it. And then I jump up at one time, like a goal or whatever. And I felt it. And I'm like, oh, my Apple Watch is in here. Didn't put it on my wrist. <sighs> I'm leaving to walk out of the Coliseum again. I feel like my pants are like sagging or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, Apple Watch wallet's in here. Get to my car. No Apple Watch. And what'd you jump 15 feet in the air? Do you want to try out for the summer? Do you know how many people I hugged? Culkin, our friend Nick Culkin, shot him. Maybe he pickpocketed me. Is that possible? I hugged him in his dad. You want me to text Culkin and say, hey, you or your pop steal stuff into Apple Watch? Culkin, right now. FaceTime him. I know, no, it's too early. That could sleep in. That's true. He's probably not going to have to 2 o'clock. But I spoke very loud, by the way. My door is not closed. Hopefully, I come out of here alive. But if not, you're going to have to edit this podcast. But let's move on from this. Right. I don't really want I don't need to. I'm already financially unstable right now. Um, okay, let's talk. After this commercial break, we'll talk about Vegas, Colorado Series tonight. We'll close out the show. And then, yeah, I mean, when is this game going to happen? This Islanders next round series matchup better not be Sunday or Saturday. But stay with us, guys. We'll be back in a minute. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. All right, Brendan, before we get to Vegas Colorado Series, I just want to share one tweet by Arthur Stable that happened during the game yesterday. So obviously Kyle Palmieri is from Long Island, and so is Charlie McAvoy. And this is one of his tweets during the game, which obviously blew up. More island-on-island crime. Smithtown Palmieri puts Long Beach McAvoy on his rear. I love that. <laughs> I, I saw a brief clip of that hit. I didn't oh, no, see it not clean. That, that, so, okay, you watch the replay. Slow motion, it's an elbow to the head. Yeah. Now, does he get suspended? No, probably fine. Cassidy's probably shitting himself because there was no call on the play. And, you know, the Islanders are the Saints. The amount of New York Saints chance, by the way, last night was hysterical. Hysterical. I mean, well, that's what they should have done. Every time a penalty was called in the Islanders, the New York Saints chance happened. Every time that the Islanders got away with something, the New York Saints chant happened. There was a time when the Bruins had about nine players on the rink. Islanders chanted New York Saints. Like, it was just every chance you had. You did. But let's, okay, Ben, big series could be over tonight between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. And for Vegas last game, they had to win that game for Flurry's sake because Flurry allowed a doozy of a goal to enter the back of the net. That might have been one of the worst goals I've ever seen Flurry give up. And it was just one of those brain fart type of plays. He reaches across his body with his glove, which you're never supposed to do. That's why you have a, <clears throat> a blocker. And that was a big mistake in a big game where the momentum needed to be won right off the bat. But Vegas finds a way to come back in that game, win in overtime. And I'm not going to say that this, you know, the Vegas are going to win the Stanley Cup and all, but in my um, postseason uh, bracket and an article I wrote, I picked the Golden Knights to win the whole thing and Stone to be uh, the Conn Smythe winner. And um, yeah, Mark Stone. Marston's one of those guys. I think he's even underrated, Brendan. As much Mark, as he is, he is, he's he is. so good at hockey. He doesn't look like he should be good at hockey, but he is so good at hockey, and it's crazy. No, he looks like he should be performing magic acts in Vegas, not playing hockey there. But he is extremely underrated. And I just watched the hit again, and it was a, a cheap shot. Oh, it was, a che- it was a cheap shot, but I don't think it's suspension worthy. I think you'll get a fine. We'll see. I don't know what, what anything is anymore, so don't ask me. I if don't. Gets, if he gets suspended, I think it's four games. Four game suspension. Just ask Tom Bolton. Or Shifley. Shifley thought he was going to shut down by Denot, but are shut down by NHL player safety. I that still don't a- think that was a four game suspension either. But so we're at a loss of what it is. But yes, going back to your initial point, I I don't think that Colorado has a chance in hell unless McKinnon shows up. Or Marcusot dies. Because yeah, he's Marcus just... is on a roll right now. He's just tearing it up. Did but you see Alex had chances? You see Alex Tuck's goal last game? That was beautiful. Did you, right, did you ever seen the videos of him when he was on the wild and the in the shoot and the yeah. practice shootout? And the little celly hand eye coordination. First off, Minnesota Wild made a very bad mistake letting that guy go. And um now he's just hand eye coordination is insane. But this this Vegas team at home, Brendan, to close this series out. I don't think Colorado has a chance. You can see how frustrated McKinnon's getting because it's coming, it's turning into a McDavid type of thing where it's got to be him. And he, he can't do it. These star players are so good. So McKinnon stopped this, taking penalties, though. And he's done on a power play to light it up. But Or anyone. He, last game, I know they lost, but he had a yeah. couple of glimpses where he was flying through the zone. Yes, and he, yes. he realized again that he's 
got the ability to skate through these guys if he really wants to. So in a do or die game, like I think that he's going to show up. And if he does, I really think we're gonna have a game seven. Like I genuinely think that tonight's gonna have a game, like it's gonna end with Colorado finding a way to get the job done. It's hard to beat a team four times in a row, especially a team as good as Colorado is. Do you know how many times the Islanders beat the Bruins in a row? Was it three? I think it was. It was. They yeah, were up two one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was three. A fourth time in a row is tough. Well, the way I look at it is, when you talk about the Bruins beating themselves in the Islanders series, Colorado had leads in games and blew it, and their mentality was not great. And Jared Bednar called them out after the first couple of games of the series. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And tonight is going to be one of those nights where if Colorado gets a lead. They cannot blow it. They have to play smart. They have to get the pucks deep. They like you get a lead against Vegas tonight. That has to stand still because if Vegas finds a way to come back and tie it and take the lead, it's over. It's over. You know everyone's gonna leave it out on the table. You know, but you need to see. Grubauer also has to be electric tonight. He's been great all season long. He's been great in the postseason. But last game there was you know there's been goals that he usually stops, and it could be wear and tear from playing against this Vegas Golden Knights team. This this offense that struggled to start off the postseason has really put a lot of pressure on him, and it might be wearing him down. But Grubauer is gonna have to stand on his head tonight if they want to have a game seven. So is Flurry though. Flurry, I think after that goal, they, uh, Colorado is gonna be firing pucks. At oh him. yeah, for Their sure. Their shot totals have been down significantly. The last few games, and I think they have to start firing pucks at him because Flurry's good, but you know he's not Vasilevsky, right? The, this guy's beatable, and he proved that himself by handcuffing himself a point eight seconds left on the clock in the first period of I mean, game five. So. Do you want to do you want to hear Marjorie's stats over his last five games? We'll go back to May thirtieth game. What was it? Game tonight's game? What game six? Game six. So this, these games are all games in this series. So May thirtieth, one assist. June 2nd, one assist. June 4th, one goal. June 6th, three goals. June 8th, one goal. I mean, this guy has now three, points five goals in his last three games. Yeah, five goals points. in his last three games. You know how many hats Lenders lost this series? <laughs> Just by chucking them on the yeah, ice. <laughs> no, I mean, first off, for Leonard, obviously you couldn't go back to him after what happened in game one. Do I blame him completely on that? No, he wasn't great. And he's one of those guys, though, that will support Flurry till he dies. Like, it doesn't – like, they have such a great um, relationship that, you know, sometimes you think, okay, you know, backups want to get in there. They don't want to see their, their starter struggle, but, hey, you know, if they let in a couple of soft ones, I want to go back in there. But when you get to the NHL level, everyone understands the respect you have for one another, getting to where you get to. Leonard has no problem watching his team win as long as his team wins because he knows he played a part in it. Like, you yeah, know – In the end, you want that ring. You broke up when you just said that. What'd you say? I said, in the end, you want the ring. No, yeah, and so, for what Leonard's nice. gone, what Leonard's gone through and stuff, like winning is something. He was on some bad teams. He was on the Ottawa Senators, and then he was on the Sabers for a while. And he was very good with the Sabers, except he played on a bad Sabers team. He went to Chicago; they weren't good. Get traded to Vegas. I mean, he was on the Honors, of course. They had chances to to go farther in the playoffs. They didn't ultimately did not against Carolina, getting swept. And then Carolina got swept. Um, but, yeah, for Vegas to win the Cup and Leonard to get one, so deserving. But tonight's a huge game because you don't want it to go back to Colorado. Vegas is, you know, you know the atmosphere at T-Mobile Arena. It's it's insane. Yeah. What they do and the, the performance they put on, it's Vegas. I mean, you wouldn't expect anything less. 
it's just if they get a lead in this game, the crowd is going to make it so hard to come back from. It's about that first goal, and it's about how that first goal goes in. If it's a good goal that goes in, like a very strong goal, okay, fine. But if it's a weak one from either side, that momentum, we saw the Vegas were able to come back from that. But another weak goal to start off the game, and you don't want to put yourself at a disadvantage. We saw what happened with the Islanders. Varlamov was allowing some weak, weak goals, and that cost him a bit of time with Sorokin coming in and finishing off the Penguin series. But then he comes in against the Bruins and just absolutely dominates. I think he stopped at 169 of 180 something. It was just domination. And you need to see, but this is going to be a goalie deal. I really do think that. I don't think we're going to see a ton of offense, but it comes down to play, playing disciplined. Both teams are good on the power play, and you don't want to give Colorado the chance for McKinnon to wake up because obviously he's not been asleep. But if McKinnon finds a way to get one, he'll probably get two, and he might get three. There's an old saying, come out like your life depends on it, and literally that's exactly what Colorado has to do tonight. And if they do, they're going to win. If they don't and they struggle off the gate and they're slow. All right, so – if you if Colorado wins this game tonight, right? Do they win Game Seven? Do you look at it like that, or is it more of a game to game? So someone asked me too. He goes, "If the Islanders lose this, like, what do you?" Th-? I'm like, "You know what? I look at it as you have one job to do in one game. You worry about the next game after that." But momentum wise, Colorado yeah. wins Game Six. They go home. You think they win Game Seven? Yeah, that's how this whole series has been. They won the first two. Vegas then got the momentum on the next three. If they can find a way to steal one tonight, yes, they win Game Seven. That's right. why this is a must-win game for both teams. It's obviously a must-win game for Colorado. But if you're Vegas, even though you have that life of going to Game 7 no matter what, you need to win tonight. Like You need to take care of your business at home. And it this is a mini Stanley Cup final happening tonight. Yeah. It's actually kind of a shame they have to meet now. Correct. Like, like it's a hockey sin. Because, I mean, if these two were to play in the finals – I, I give so much credit to what Montreal was able to do by battling and coming out of the North, but there That's is no the way that they should be in the conference semifinals, whatever the hell they're calling it this year, and, and these two teams should be playing now. just should never happen like that. But, hey, new new playoff format because of COVID, and that's what we're that's dealing hockey. with. And that's hockey. That's why it's the greatest sport on the planet. Look at the Islanders. If the Islanders dropped last night's game and they had to go back and play Game 7 in Boston – Probably would not have been pretty. Probably would not have been pretty at all. Could the Islanders have won? Of course. But it's they a got very, the very run. similar situation. Yeah. And um, that's a perfect way to end it, Brendan, because we have that series tonight. That kicks off at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. Definitely be watching that. And then and then it's the waiting game. Well, first off, game seven would be Saturday at 7.30 p.m. if necessary, back on NBCSN. But the question becomes, when do the Islanders kick off against the Lightning? And will Stefan be watching? We'll find out more next week on my reactions thanks for everybody tuning in and we'll see you guys next week the back check is your one-stop shop for nhl news and all things rangers and islanders thanks for sticking with us for this edition of the back check follow the show on social media at back pod hi i'm maria and i'm mike and we're team, team ready. ready black hills energy knows your home is where your heart is So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.